All right, welcome guys to Bald as a Fact. Um, today we're talking about spirituality. So what is spirituality? Um, I'll start with a question, bro. What is, what is spirituality to you? Man, to me, it's, um, <clears throat> I think to me it's about putting your beliefs and sort of religious values and then personalizing it for you. It's sort of like creating your own religion or belief system where it's complete, it's complete freedom of, um, complete freedom of religion. There's no rules, there's no creeds, there's no intermediaries between you and God or you and your idea of God, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's your own journey um, inwards and to just explore yourself deeper and to explore other worlds and other realities besides the physical, if that makes sense. Okay, it's, yeah. it's very broad, I can't even, it's almost like saying, how, could, how, how do you define God? It's something I can't really put into a box, you know? Yeah, yeah. But complete religious freedom would be my, yeah. my simplified yeah explanation okay, of okay. that. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean to you? Um, more like just explaining things that everyday things wouldn't wouldn't be able to explain. So pretty much to explain the metaphysical, mm. like realizing that there's more to life than what is what is presented to us. So spirituality mm. to me is kind of like venturing into the unknown where where society can answer some questions for you. Like it's, yeah, you can have very many beliefs, but questioning those beliefs under the guise of what is, I don't know, how do I say this? Under the, hmm, I don't know. So like questioning everything that you know on the basis that there's something greater. Mm, like knowing that there's something greater than what is something greater than the physical something greater something greater than what is society if you get what i mean so like to me spirituality gets you to a point where you have to start questioning like if you are if you're a human what drives you as a human and mm. what what created the universe yeah there's yeah, something yeah. obviously there's something greater that would have created the universe because otherwise it just wouldn't make sense. Like there's, mm. there's a greater power, there's a greater force and trying to discover and learn um, <coughs> to try and investigate that is what I, what I think spirituality is. Perfect, yeah, yeah, well, a good explanation. <laughs> but it's, 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 yeah, it's a tough one, man. But look, the, the thing that pretty drew me out of, you know, institutionalized religion and into, into spirituality was just more of the fact of just like, when you start to think at a, at a much deeper level and start to question things that people say cannot be questioned. Like, at some point you could be like, well, actually, I don't believe in God at all. You know what I mean? Why would yeah. God um, create, you know, cancer and snakes with venom and all, all these things that people talk about? Why would God allow war and that sort of stuff? And you, and you sort of pulled away from religion completely because a lot of the people that, that are in church and the preachers and the pastors and the, you know, the, some of the bigger names, they can sort of say things, but it's like, well, are they really the best person to be to be lecturing and talk, talking to you about religion when they have when they don't have their own opinion because yeah. their opinion isn't their own opinion their opinion is what has been institutionalized and as part of a creed which has gone on for hundreds of years if they were to truly think for themselves and then say let's say one day they believe that jesus wasn't the son of god or jesus wasn't god incarnated he didn't send himself to sacrifice himself to die so we could live it, that contradicts itself in so many ways yes yes but if a pastor had that opinion that that wasn't the real story. 
he couldn't preach it because he would no longer have a job. He would no longer have that six-figure salary. He'd no longer have his institution backing him. He'd be on his own. And what are you meant to do if you're a pastor and you have kids and a mortgage and a couple cars on finance? You can't just throw in the. You can't just start preaching your own opinion. Yeah. You've got to preach what the doctrine and what the church wants you to preach. Yeah. Because I went to a a, um, a pastor. I used to go to church quite a lot, and I asked him, "Look, how how old is the is the earth?" He's like, "Between six to ten thousand years old." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yep, that's it. That's." And I'm like, "What do you mean that's it? You can't be that confident that you know." It's six to ten thousand years old because the book of Genesis happened to to say so. Yeah, the book of Genesis, right, was written by Moses, but Moses was talking about people who were hundreds, maybe even multiple centuries before his time, and there wasn't much writing there. So he was obviously recalling an account that he knew about from word of mouth. And how reliable is word of mouth over hundreds of years of of, of space or space yeah. of time? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? There's yeah, so many yeah, yeah. holes in that thing. And the whole story of Adam and Eve, like Adam and Eve, the first two human beings on the planet, right? And they have kids and then those kids breed amongst the children and then they, they spawn all of the earth. I'm like, how do you explain me and you? If we have the same parents, like, how do all the, the races of the world come from just two people? Two white people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many holes in that. Um, but there are some very good points in all religious books, you know? Yeah. If you think that Muhammad and Jesus and Buddha were in a room together that they would fight, argue and start a war, like they'd be best of friends, man. You know what I mean? There'd be, yeah, nothing, yeah. There'd be nothing but love in that room with those, with those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's only people who have really messed it up and twisted and distorted their teachings to fit a certain paradigm, which is normally political or normally some kind of controlled institution once money gets involved and Politics get involved, and yeah. church and state get involved, and now all of a sudden you got nations at war. Yeah, it's yeah, just, 100%. It's, religion needs to be completely revolutionized. I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. I also mm. do think that um, we've got to a point where, through what we know now and through archaeology and um, science, we can kind of we have to modify how we look at religion, yeah. and we kind of have to evolve past um, those um, indoctrinations. Like mm. w just like what you said. Um, like the when you ask the pastor um, how old is the earth or six thousand years six thousand years six to ten six to ten that's yeah. six, that's six to ten thousand guaranteed. yeah <laughs> six six to ten thousand years yeah. where we have evidence of um, what's it called uh, pyramids that are thousands of years older than that mm. like um, the uh, pyramid in Turkey Gobekli Tepe Gobekli Tepe yeah is so much older than what and so much older than six six mm. to ten thousand years old yeah so for me. It was more that, how can we say that as a definite when mm. we have so much evidence that there's more yeah. to, to existence than just that? No, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like, it's kind of like, all right, then, so are we saying that nothing existed before that, even though we can see with our own eyes, we have evidence that there was so much more before that? And those that civilization within itself was an intelligent civilization so they, they there was um, agriculture there was mathematics there was um there was an economy mm. so how can we possibly say with with definite knowing that that's when um existence started mm. if we have so much to show there's more yeah but he, he comes to another a curveball for you right Let, let's say that we create our own realities with our minds yeah. and we confirm our own biases and we can even discover things that confirm our own biases because a lot of 
Christian scientists have come around, come about and said, hey, we've actually found um, trapped helium and gases inside rocks. Yeah. Um, for helium to be inside of a rock would mean the rock had to be created instantly, not over time. Yeah. Which is, what he's saying is true, right? But you've got other scientists saying that, well, hang on a second, the, this earth is hundreds of millions old, if not billions of years old. Yeah. And they both believe that they're correct. And how can they both be correct? You know? Yeah. Unless we're actually finding things in our reality with our thoughts and creating those very things to confirm our biases. When you look at um, the split line experiment and how particles of light or light being shined through two slits becomes um, a certain image on the, on the backboard, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you're observing it, it, it come, it's wave formation, which means there's a wave pattern, an interference wave pattern on the back wall. But once you ha are observing it, it's only um, right behind the slits because when you're observing light, that it becomes particles. When you're not observing light, it's wave formation, which means wave formation is infinite potential. The particles are actually perceived matter of some form and substance. Yes, yes. So if consciousness does that, then what makes these scientists go out on an expedition and they actually find the very thing that they believe and they're looking for on both sides? Yeah. If you look at science these days, you've got like the World Health Organization putting out uh, studies on um, veganism saying that veganism is the best diet for human beings. Then you've got people who are um, ketogenic and uh, paleo diets and that they have their own sort of sci scientific studies and researchers and they're saying, no, we are the best for health and that sort of thing. They both have their own literature and their own articles and their own reviews to back up what they're saying is true. But how can they both be true, if that makes sense? Yeah. Unless they're confirming their own biases again and again and again yeah through various means and through various ways if that, if that makes sense yeah yeah that's another curveball yeah i also do think that part of part of that or part of living should be to question what if i'm wrong like 100%. what what if that this what if i am confirming a bias so mm. the first in my opinion when you're looking for something you would look for something to contradict your bias and then look for evidence to um, confirm what you're saying or what you believe is true. That's true. So if, you, if you're looking for something to contradict it, you're already questioning the validity of the confirmed bias. Yeah. So I think that is also a big part of it. So if you're, if you're always going out, like these, these guys are going out looking for a specific thing, their reality is, is boxed. So they're living in a box 100%. and they're not capable of thinking outside of it mm. because that is all they're looking for. 100%. But another problem is, is like who's sponsoring those people and who's paying those people's salaries and those wages? Do they have an agenda also? If that makes sense? Yeah. So not only are they going out looking for it, they're actually being incentivized to find that very thing, which causes another problem. But you want like open-minded people. And I take, it, I take some of the Bible studies quite seriously. Like when Jesus says, you need to become like children again to inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. When children, what does children really mean? I mean, obviously there's innocence, but there's also teachable. Ch children don't question things that much. They don't have their own ideas. And like when you tell them something, they'll, they'll believe it for what it is. They'll listen. Yeah. So they become teachable. These people need to become teachable. And, and as you said, be open to the idea that they could be wrong. You know, but when yeah, people yeah, yeah. believe in certain things and they've grown up in societies that have certain family values and over time, you just become conditioned to act, believe and do in a certain way. Yeah, so it's just indoctrination like from, from very young. But even, the, even mm. the question where I think what you just said that like, um, I think it was something with helium and the rocks just spontaneously. Um, yeah, helium um, being inside the rocks yeah. and that sort of stuff. So yeah, we can, you could say that. However, like let's look at everything else in the universe. Okay, we have through what we know through the universe, it, it would have been impossible for 
that for the earth to be 6,000 years old because that, that therefore means that any all the other planets that are way way far farther than and the stars uh, and the stars else. and everything yeah, yeah. else that therefore means even that therefore means those stars would have been created from that point mm. if you get what I mean so yeah. if, 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 if you like how do we measure the distance between here and another planet or a planet that's far away it's through light years Right, and some of these are more than six to ten thousand light years away. So mm. that, that that therefore means it would have have to be older than six to ten thousand years mm. for us to be perceiving Earth as it is. That, yeah, that, that's crazy. But it comes down to like the flat Earth theory at the same time. People go, "Oh, the Earth is flat." Well, you can't prove that it's not because NASA's all CGI and all this kind of crap which you hear. But it's like, well, I can get a telescope and I can go and see Mars and see Jupiter and see other things at certain times. I can see them, and they're all round. Yeah. Why would we be flat and the rest be round? But I guess it, just, it could just be misinformation on all fronts. Like, it's just designed to confuse people. Yeah, yeah. The, you know? the whole flat earth theory, man. I, I just... <laughs> the reason I don't understand it is because we have evidence to show that a sphere is the most mathematical efficient mm. um, shape for surface area. Yeah. So why would we be a, a flat surface? Mm. And if everything, if everything in the universe flows in terms of, like... Um, Synchronicity and how everything has to be this. It's, it's the same, not consistent. consistent. It's consistent throughout everywhere else. Yeah. Why would we be different? The That's sun, I mean, the sun's yeah. a sphere. The moon, the moon's a sphere. Um, all the other planets is a, are a sphere. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah, we we live in a simulation. Yeah, fair enough. But even even within that simulation, there has to be some sort of consistency. Yeah. Let's just say like you're living in like a video game. Yeah. It's a universal video game. Like there would still be laws that that. That contain that video, video game. game. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It wouldn't just be glitches and those sorts of things everywhere. Like I've never seen a glitch personally. Have you ever seen a glitch? No. Maybe, maybe I've just never noticed it. Maybe we just never noticed it. Well, there's videos on TikTok of like birds freezing in the sky and then people like poking it with a broom and then it flies off. I'm like, I've never seen that. You know, what I mean, that it's so easily fudged. It's not funny. But then again, when there's, I reckon, they're putting out stuff out there that's so ludicrous. And they're putting documentaries out there like The Social Dilemma. Yeah. Because they want people to start calling for censorship. They want to piss people off to such a degree that they ask and beg for censorship. And then when they do censorship, there's no pushback because you ask for it, we're going to give it to you. Yeah. And now we're going to do it the way we want to do it, which means we're going to suppress all that doesn't suit our model or our narrative or what we want. But that's a conspiracy also. Yeah. But it's still a very plausible theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So do you believe... Do you do you kind of think that's where the, the element of intuition comes in, where you get all this information from all these different sources, and in order for you to kind of digest, sift through the BS, mm. and kind of find what truth is, that's where you have to kind of be more connected to source, to mm. let source guide you to what is the closest to truth in comparison to the um, wide range of false information. You'd yeah. say it's false information. We don't really know what's truth. We don't really know what's false. Well, everyone gets to decide what truth is for them. I mean, yeah. people are gonna hear that, like, no. Everyone gets their own truth at the end of the day. Like, you need to live your life the way you need to live it. Like, some people, for some people, it doesn't matter how scientifically, how, how the world works scientifically to go out and clean and work and put food on the table. They don't need to know that, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, we all get to decide what truth is. And I think everything that's happening is happening for us, not to us, that we're getting pushed to a certain level. Like spiritually speaking, we're being pushed to start thinking for ourselves. Because you're given all this information and you're giving evidence to suggest that it's real on all these fronts that conflict with each other. 
what are you gonna do with that? You're gonna, you need to use your own experiences and your own mind to determine what is, what is truth and what is falsehood for yourself. Yeah. I'm not talking about um, the simplest of things like what's a really fundamental truth? Like the earth is round. Even the, that's the debated now. Yeah, but there's, there's yeah. so many, where do, you, where do you stand? Like, like all the atoms, so the atoms, that's, that's a real truth fact where you've got the nucleus, electrons. But there's a new theory now that there are no electrons that can't be measured. They're just actually um, rotations or orbits of different frequencies of sound or vibration that resonate. Yeah. And if they're matching, if a resonate of one of those um, electron circuits or yeah. whatever they are, orbits, matches the vibration of another, they'll be bonded together because they're yeah. of a like mind or like attraction, which is the law of mutual attraction, which comes back to a hermetic principle of everything is vibrational and the law of mutual attraction. Yeah. So all those old, old um, practices of spirituality and um, um, what do you call them? And laws or alchemical laws are all coming back to fruition now. Have you noticed a lot of, there's a lot of talk now of the ancient hermetic stuff, ancient Egyptian stuff, even ancient Nordic spirituality things coming yeah. to the forefront now? Yeah, so yeah, talk yeah. about more and more and more. And it's just maybe, maybe when, when the world starts changing, changing to this degree, you need more, you need deeper answers on a more philosophical and a more spiritual level rather than just a scientific fact level because how many yeah. times has science proven itself wrong as we've progressed but then would you call it a scientific fact because it's not really well yeah that's the, that's the thing the, the fact is a fact until it's proven that it's not a fact if that makes sense yeah. facts change all the time um yeah some more than others <laughs> yeah no fair, fair, <laughs> some, fair. some fields more than others but you, you know this that science gets proven wrong all the time and then they, they adjust yeah but that's, <coughs> that's the whole point like of science you're meant to um give keep going give a give get a hypothesis, um, go through a process, go through a me methodology, uh, kind of rediscover it, and then try and review it. Mm. However, now, like, kind of fe feels like when you look at science, when you're doing a, when you're doing a paper, right, in uni, they all, and, and you, they don't give you room to come up with a new idea. So when you do a paper, you have to find all these peer-reviewed studies to validate. And reference it. And, and reference it. Mm. What if it was a completely new idea? What if it was a completely new thought, a new thought that was contradictory to all the other papers and all the other peer-reviewed articles that have been presented Look, before you? I, 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 fucking, I feel you 100%. And I'll, I think that a lot of the education systems now, especially universities, they're actually not based upon you having any free thought or free thinking for yourself. You've got to prove your, what you're saying with previous work and previous others and all this sort of stuff. And then yeah. maybe you can think for yourself and you can be your own person, do your own research after you've completed this much of a formal education, like a master's or PhD, yeah. then you go out and do your own. But by the time that you've done that and you've, and you've, you've from re repetition, again and again, referencing, doing all these different things, they've actually created a, a form of thought or a structure of thought inside your mind of how you actually think. So they've conditioned your thinking to such a degree when you go out there and do, and do your own research that all your colleagues and all the people that are in your life are all formally educated just like you and you can't think outside that box that they've educated you in. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's easy for me to say too because I don't have a formal education to that degree. People can just go, no, you're just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in reality, a lot of people that, um, some of the smartest people throughout history never had a, a formal education. But these people are, you know, diamonds in the rough. They're, very, they're not, it's not the majority. They're obviously unique people that have, that have come out, if yeah, that Einstein. makes sense. Well, think, yeah, people like, um, well, I don't know about, Einstein or Socrates. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a great. Sorry. Didn't he? Uh, no, he didn't because yeah. he, he dropped. I'm not sure if he did. He drop out of high school? I'm not, I'm not too sure, but there's a few people who yeah, yeah, think yeah. Steve Jobs and whatever yeah, else. But yeah. these people that are far and few between, you can't measure society with these people because they're sort of outliers, yeah. if that makes sense. But what I'm saying is still valid that 
you've got a model of thought or a structure in your mind of how you think now and you're not free to think as you would as if you weren't educated in such a way where you have to keep referencing yourself and you can't have your own ideas and you've got to prove what they said through a reference and another reference and then all of a sudden you're just repeating the same shit that's been done. And I, I genuinely believe that science has been bought, sold and paid for you know, a long time ago now and it's very hard to break out of that mold. And people who do break out of that mold normally become ridiculed, condemned, had their reputation destroyed, and then years later they turn out to be right. It's like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> but that's after they, that's yeah, how their lives have been destroyed. That, that's true. But that's, that's not, it's not very common, that story, but it's, it does happen. You've seen it over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the best ones was, um, was it Mandalay um, who did the periodic table? Who yeah. found that there's, there's seven distinct groups of um, elements based on a sort of vibrational family, so yeah. to speak. And he, he proved, it. he didn't prove, but he said this was his theory and he discovered elements based on this paradigm and they just laughed at him, ridiculed him and thought it was garbage and then I think a few decades later they found out that he was right. Yeah, yeah. But it, people that sort of have to face the resistance and the grain of these big institutions normally feel the brunt pretty hard. Yeah, good. easiest and simplest example would be Galileo. Galileo when he discovered um, um, Galileo Galilei. Galileo Galilei. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like pretty much that the earth was the earth was a sphere. Mm. Yeah. When he discovered the earth was a sphere, um, he went against the against the Catholic Church oh, yeah, and the Catholic Church um, pretty much called him nuts and they wanted to put him in jail and all that stuff. Heretic. Him, yeah. Pretty much. So that that's a that was like a that's a very good example of that because mm. back in the day those institutions are pretty much what ruled education. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you've got these big institutions who actually rule over education and it's just like, man, like the education is so important and a lot of people, like I, went into prim I went into primary school asking a lot of questions and then by the time I was in high school, I was just, I gave up, man. Like, it was just so shit. Like, they give you these textbooks which are like decades old. Like, I was in, studying in 2007, 2008, yeah. yeah, and there's reading books that are from the 60s and 70s. You're watching um, movies that are like, I can't even remember when they were like the 70s, 80s, like this old outdated crap that is just monotonous and boring. Very little experiences, very little practical application of science and that sort of stuff. Where you're just being drilled down with rote learning, this repetition. And repetition is just one way to condition someone, but not educate them. Because I, I was the kind of person, I didn't want to remember what I had to remember from my test. I wanted to understand how it worked in its totality. Because yeah. once, it, once it clicks inside your mind and you actually understand it and the neurons and have created a, an association, so to speak, you will never forget it again. Because that model, that blueprint of how it actually works is in your mind. But repeating labels and diagrams and this sort of shit is, is, is garbage. Like that's not education at all. That's conditioning. Because you're just memorizing shit. You yeah. don't actually understand it. And if you don't understand it, you can't simplify it, you can't build upon it, you can't grow. That, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my genuine belief. And when I was in university, my lecturer was saying, look guys, don't understand it. I don't want you to understand it. I want you just to remember it for now and you can understand it later. And I'm just like, there is no later, bitch. Like, because <laughs> later on I'm doing another subject. I'm doing yeah. another year. There's more work. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm in this pattern now of remembering. It's easier for them because lecturers get paid fuck all yeah. for what they do. They, get, they don't get paid for marking a lot of the times in some of these private universities. And they just want to get their day over with because they're teaching yeah. 25 slow learners how to fucking do chemistry. It's a slow process. Do you think that that, whole, that process kind of erodes the process of critical thinking? Fucking oath. Yeah, they, they, they want you to remember stuff without understanding it. If you're not understanding it, how can you critically think if you don't understand? You're memorizing. And when you're memorizing, that's not intelligence. That's actually, it's very hard. Like, 
you're just memorizing like lines of a of a book. It's just like you need to understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the system now is like if you can remember it, that is understanding it. But remembering and understanding are two different things. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Distinctly two different things. Hundred percent. And that's religion and spirituality again. Religion is memorizing uh, books and parables and whatever, but understanding is spiritual. Like I understand how this works. I understand. I can think for myself. Like the fact that God created the universe. He knew the beginning from the end, right? Yeah. And he, he created us as sinners. We're all fallen. We are all sinners according to Christian theology. So then when we have sinned and we've come too bad, he'll destroy cities like Atlantis, Sodom and Gomorrah, whatever else. But then he's like, I've got another idea. I'm going to send myself being Jesus Christ, but he's also my son, but he's also me, but my son. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But then I'm going to require you to be bashed, tortured and killed on the cross so you'll save mankind so you can actually wear their sins because they're meant to die. You know? Wouldn't you technically just be saving yourself if you were just consciousness? But that's the if, thing. If you were all just God. Exactly. God. But that's where the contradiction lies. It, it, it contradicts itself in, in more ways than three. I can, more, more ways that I can count. Yeah. Because God should know that we are fallen. He created us as fallen. And then he complains that we're fallen and kills himself as Jesus. It doesn't make any sense. Like, in my opinion, Jesus was sent as a, as a prophet. But when he says the son of God, we are all the son of God. If we so choose to be the son of man, we're all the son of man. We're just yeah. sons of men. But if we choose to be the son of God and inherit our divine right, because we are both part beast and part divine, and we choose the divine part. So we sacrifice our physical pleasures and desires to become more divine and follow that blueprint of being the son of God, as in the true sonship of, of the spiritual path, um, being that of the spirit, not of the body. Yeah, yeah. So, like many prophets, like I even believe Socrates was a prophet as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these people have come to point us the way and guide humanity to say, hey, look, we should be doing it this way. Because Jesus came and the Jews, the religious institution at the time, did not like him. Yeah. He wasn't the Messiah that they thought that he would be. And they decided to, you know, kill him for it. But that's what man has always done, where the story of Cain and Abel in the Bible, yeah. where um, Abel, the brother who sacrifices that God deems worthy and Cain doesn't, he decides to kill his brother. So he kills his ideal instead of becoming the ideal because yeah, yeah, he feels yeah. judged and condemned by that ideal that he sees. If Jesus is a loving person and he loves his enemies and teaching compassion and getting a big following and he's really disrupting the rules, you know, because a lot of the rules then were sexism was a big thing and finances were a big thing and politics were a big thing as well. And he was sort of not condemning it, but moving people moving away, away from, from that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, this guy's, this is the problem because this guy's teaching real truth and people aren't following religion anymore. Like they, they can sort of see, okay, if, this, if Jesus had rise to power, and he's only been three years in service, what if he did 10 years? How much would he disrupt the church and politics of the time? Maybe 20 years. He could start a full revolution. Oh yeah, you know? I know. So they kill him and destroy that ideal instead of facing up to the fact that they could be wrong. And I would say that when Jesus says, um, a rich man will never get to heaven, he's just referring to as an analogy for riches being attachments. If you're attached to money and power and status, you won't be able to follow him because if you follow him, you'd have to leave behind all this money that you've made in the church or in the polit political systems of the time and follow him. But why would you when you have so much power that makes you better than everybody else? You've got to come down from your high horse and then to rebuild again. Yeah. People don't want to step back to move forward. And that's why they kill the prophets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but let's, 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 let's take this all the way back, okay? Then we, we're trying to, we're having a discussion about God. How, what is your idea of God or how do you, how do you perceive God or what is, what is God to you? Oh man, look, I, I reckon I had this debate with myself because yeah. <laughs> I think to myself and like, I'm a crazy man in a good way that um, <laughs> when people try to start to define God 
as like this one thing. They can be like, well, God is, we are all God, we are all one. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. We're all pieces of God. But at the same time, you can't declare yourself as God because God is a much grander consciousness than you. Even though you're a part of him and he's a part of you, he still can understand and see a lot more than you can. So you to say, I am God and I know all, you're, you're fooling yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do start to label God and define God, you start to create like a, a subsection that is God. And you're sort of saying, this is God, but all the other stuff that is God as well, you're leaving out. So you're technically wrong, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because you're leaving so much out. So you can't really describe it. You can only really experience it. And I think God is the all, all things. Like, I, have you seen um, da Vin Leonardo da Vinci's painting of like the fingers, like the man with yeah, the yeah, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you notice that God is actually inside of a brain. Yeah. Which I think that is like man being the body, and then you've got the mind being God. And I think that's pretty more, more of what it is, because the mind is, being, is actually a concomitant of the spirit, not of yeah. the body. Yeah. So the mind is part of your spirit, and the mind lives forever. Like all your memories that you have now will live on all eternity. That, that, that is you, so to speak. Because if, let's say there are only certain, this is going to be a bit, a bit out there for you right yeah. now, but let's say there are seven vibrational families, like there are seven chakras, there yeah, are yeah, seven yeah. auric fields, right? We each belong to one of seven of um, vibrational families of the mind. And just by themselves, um, seven distinct separations of, of God. God himself is a full spectrum of the seven, but we are only one of those. Yeah. And we're all equal in that. But our memories and our experiences make up our individual experience of who we are. That's why um, babies or children that are seven years and before, they're in that theta or a delta brainwave, which means they're not actually thinking. They haven't really got an ego yet to actually think and that, to, to, they can still think, but they can't think in a way that a, a man can with these, with these experiences and all that sort of stuff. So they're accumulating experiences like a sponge, soaking it all in. And as their ego develops through adolescence going into teens, they can begin to think and act and become their own person, their yeah. own unique individual from those experiences through childhood and they build on that as they go. Well, so are babies, so this is, a, this is actually an interesting question. Do mm. babies think or are they just pure consciousness experiencing and learning until they get to their adolescence? I mean, in its, in its purely human essence, I would say they're not actually thinking. So you're only really recording memories when you're actually thinking. thinking yeah. So when you're thinking for the first time, you're actually recording memories. And the clearer your thoughts, the stronger the memory. So your earliest memories would be about, what, four or five? Yeah. Some people were at two and three, but no, mostly it's like four or five. That. People even six, seven, up to eight, I've heard. You know? Yeah. Because um, memory is recorded in, in thought. You need to be completely cognizant of what's going on to record that memory. I think your spirit could possibly record the memory of, of, your, of, your, of your youth, or, but no one can really recall memories of babies. I mean, there's in, Indian yogis who be like, I can recall memories of babies, but I, when they were a baby, but I mean, I, I, don't really, I don't really believe that. So then what, what would babies, so ba babies are just a, a mind or um, well, just, just, a, just a pure being experiencing and learning yeah. until they get to, a, until they get to four or five? Yeah, that's an extension of the parents. I mean, they're just downloading everything from their parents, which includes their parents' emotions, their parents' thoughts, and just absorbing everything like a sponge. Yeah. Completely reliant on their parents. I mean, that's why when, a lot of the times when babies cry, the baby doesn't even know what it wants sometimes. You yeah. just rock it, you give it some food, you give it all these things, and then all of a sudden it'll realize what it wants, and yeah. it'll start to refine, refine that process. But some, do, you, do you kind of think like sometimes babies are so in tune energetically yeah. that when they're crying, they're not actually crying from their own from their own need, yeah. they're crying from the need of their parents. So if yeah. their parents are having a, uh, a chaotic moment or they're having a, 
um, an energy imbalance. The baby is crying from the need for of those parents. So yeah. he's what he's picking up is a reflection of the parents. So if the the parents are out of um, out of alignment, or the parents are just arguing, or whatever, that that's what that baby is picking up. If it's sad, angry, whatever, yeah. the baby is picking up that energy. Not yeah. that the baby is actually in turmoil. It's no. just a reflection of what is going well, on around him. I would say the law of compensation is a, is a good one because let's say a baby can't think and can't speak, but the law of compensation actually means is completely intuitive and empathetical. So it'll it'll tune into the energy of the house, absorb that, and like, whoa, this is this is a fear, this is anger, this is this, this is that. I don't like it, and they'll start crying and they'll start yeah. being in it. We should really bring, I don't want to name drop, but Hamad yeah. on this because he's, yeah, he's yeah. really good with this sort of stuff. And I'm yeah. just par pretty much paraphrasing him right now. Um, but that's, I believe, 100% correct, what you just said. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. But back cool. to God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we are all God. God is of the mind and of the spirit, the great spirit, the creator of all things, but also the creator of evolution. Everything actually evolves. I mean, us, we evolve spiritually. We evolve physically, the universe contracts and expands, everything's evolving and moving and changing. Yeah. And these laws that are, these laws, you know, like the law of vibration, law of vibration. Um, There's a universal uh, law, of, law of vibration, law of attraction, all this sort of stuff, all these yeah. laws. The thing is, I don't actually know whether God created these laws or these laws were um, con com is it con contiment or whatever it is. These laws are just part of the universal structure, a part of the energy that always has been and always was and always will be. Yeah. You know? And God could just be the, the first. Consciousness, which is the two-part duality of the universe, which is energy and consciousness. God could just be the consciousness part where he controls energy, but the energy comes with its own laws, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. When people say fear God, they're actually meaning revere God, but also if you really understood the laws of the universe and you should fear them because if you're doing the wrong thing, these laws, they don't really discern, they don't really care about your feelings or yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it just acts. Yeah. You know, that's why people... That's, that's, that's karma, right? That, that is karma. That is karma. Yeah, karma is a... Karma is a compilation of, of universal laws, but yeah. I mean, what goes around comes around. Everything's a circuit. But I really can't define define God, but I can only define the experiences that I've had, and that will, that will change all the time. Yeah. A lot of the great prophets, like their idea of God changes through the Old Testament to New Testament and, and beyond, because you can understand more the more you evolve, and when divine inspiration happens to you, this is where all religion is, is based off of divine inspiration yeah. and um, mystical happenings, which happen at certain periods throughout the universe or throughout certain cycles and that's where religion comes from but after a while once those, those happenings have gone away you just get stuck with the old doctrines that are based off of thousands of years old yeah but the idea of god changes because as you evolve you can actually understand more and when higher beings speak to you they can only speak to you through the contents of your own mind yeah, yeah so they're yeah. going to give you a dictionary and your understanding so they can give you they can't really give you anything that you, you don't have or don't understand or you're incapable Why is of understanding listening to us uh, Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, through yeah. your mindset. As your mind upgrades, you can actually understand more. So any spiritual teacher or anyone that talks about this sort of stuff, you'll probably notice every five years that they may change their opinions. Yeah. People can be like, hey, that's you not right. You said that wrong, but that's a good thing. If they're growing and evolving, that means they're growing. If they're saying the same shit over, over decades and decades, they're either Jesus yeah. and they've done it before, or they're not growing at all, <laughs> which, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a bad thing. You know? Yeah. But I, I digress. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I do, I do agree with that. Um, I, think, I think this is one of the questions that um, I'm not sure someone asked me is like, what do you, how you define God? And to me, it was just the easiest way that I could possibly put it into words in, this, in the most simplistic term is just it's intelligence, it's divine intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like, 
intelligence i there is i use the word intelligence on the basis that it is the is it is the only word that i can i can use to um in the in, in the english dictionary to kind of define what i'm trying to say mm. so intelligence in terms of like what we what we deem as intelligence is very simple so like um an ai ai is intelligence like mm. yeah, it learns it grows vice versa but then there's intelligence that created the universe intelligence that created you intelligence that creates the something that's complicated and dna, DNA. that is a that is another level of intelligence that you as a human being in a meat sack you will never be able to fathom mm. like being being able to create something that that specific and that fine finally in tune and so synchronistic mm. in terms of you being a human existing in an ecosystem existing on an mm. earth and the earth exists within the universe and but and going it goes on and goes on it's absolute perfection and it's, precision yeah so you, you can't say like when some people say oh yeah god makes mistakes like bro like it's impossible like someone who's who's experienced everything he knows everything he's someone who has created everything to a point that it's so fine if we we can even break it down to just quantum mechanics and quantum physics mm. and we look at it and we're like god damn that that's that's intelligence you will never be able to fathom like you will never be able mm. to understand it so god to me is intelligence that's just so far beyond your own understanding you will never be able to understand that's true yeah well we we can't really we'll probably have all of eternity to figure that out you, you can't There's a good saying that you can't judge eternity in in an hour. Yeah. You know, and we're living in that hour out of eternity. We've got physical bodies, but there's only so much we can actually <laughs> <laughs> say. So much we can comprehend and actually integrate from from the vaster worlds of spirit with our with our minds. Yeah. We just can't contain it all. You would have heard the have you heard the theory of like souls incarnating multiple bodies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because maybe a soul or spirit can't be contained in one human vessel. It's just too much. Yeah. But how do how do we just, so you know the way they say that um it depends on what what do you believe in that as we evolve we skip into dimensions so we go from the third to the fourth to the fourth to the fifth fifth and sixth how does god come into all of that how does the evolution is that part of the is that part of our like spiritual evolution into like evolving into um the next levels of dimensions or mm. um how does that all come together <laughs> well i mean if you think about the earth being the mother earth the third dimension going the the first dimension this line on the paper second dimension is you know going yeah. third is all of it so the third is like the beginning dimension of of actual any reasonable consciousness that i can fathom maybe there's more inside cells but that's still 3d you need yeah. you need three spaces but this is the baby where we're pretty much living inside the fetus of mother earth the physical this is the beginning of of life for those who are not who have not experienced reincarnation this is yeah. if your first life so to speak then you go into the fifth dimension because the fourth dimension in my opinion and i could be wrong This is from what I understand and know. Yeah. Fourth dimension is time. So you got the third dimension, you got the fourth dimension. So throughout time, the fifth dimension is the next one from there. Where the, the the thing is where time gets a little bit hazy, where time sort of ceases to exist in that in that field because in the fifth dimension you may not age. Well you don't you do not age. I mean if you believe if you wanted to age you could, but you can appear how it is that you want after you accumulate a certain level of mental power to be able to put out the the forces to manipulate the ether which you live. Yeah. Which not all people can do that because they can be subdued by their emotions there, you know. Yeah. And there, there are sort of different places in the fifth dimension, or different bands, and diff- of different frequencies within the fifth dimension, which surround the Earth, which surround most all all planets, I believe. Yeah. Like you throw a rock into a pond, and those little ripples come out. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the planet, but you've got these multiple rings, and the first couple of the rings closest to the Earth, which are the lowest in vibration, will be people of like mind or like vibration will go to those spheres. So if you're a very low vibrational person, as far as anger, guilt, sadness, evil, all that sort of stuff, you'll be pulled 
after your physical body dies, your spirit and that vibration will be pulled to the, to the, um, to the realm or to the place that either like match. And um, if you don't have much mental control or emotional control, you'll be subdued by your own emotions. And in the fifth dimension, um, depending on where you are, your thought can actually create reality instantaneously. So you visualize an apple, you'll see an apple. But imagine if you had sort of something like PTSD or you're having uh, sort of involuntary nightmares where you'd visualize, have you ever met an alcoholic or yeah, a, yeah, a drug addict yeah. and they start hallucinating? Yeah. They start really believing what they're seeing? Yeah. Um, so in the fifth dimension, that's, that's true. If you, if, you having, if you believe that there's someone coming up the stairs or like a ghost is haunting you, you'll actually see that in the fifth dimension and then you'll experience those emotions and then you'll, that'll, that'll put, add a fuel to the fire and it'll just keep going. So you're stuck in your own mental ruts. And the only way to get out of that mental rut would be to have a, a moment of awakening, an epiphany or whatever else to actually, to realize, oh, hang on a second, I'm dreaming. So you gotta be, you gotta raise your awareness. Because if you don't raise your awareness here now in the third dimension, it's a lot harder to learn that in the fifth dimension. Like we're, we're meant to be educating ourselves and others on how to control our minds and work with spirit and do all these things, which is one of the teachings of Jesus when he was here. So when we go into the fifth dimension and the other worlds, we can start climbing instead of having to be taught about it there where it's a lot harder to because yeah. you're creating reality. So do so we you, have, do we have, sorry, do we have yeah. access to that right now? So like right now, could we say that we have access to create um, in, through the fifth dimension and bring that and manifest it through here? So isn't like, that, wouldn't yeah, that be Physical like, manifestations. Yeah. Or that, that, oof, wouldn't man. that be the law of attraction then? Because if you, if you, yeah. but well, all, all your thoughts are existing somewhere in, in the fifth dimensional space. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. visualizing an apple in your mind, there's an apple somewhere out there, Yeah, you know? But um, to be able to pull that and bring it here in, into the third dimension, I mean, you'd, you'd need a huge amount of, um, of, mental, of mental power. And I doubt that you'd probably do it alone. You'd be doing it with teams Seems, yeah. of people on this side, on the other side of the third and the fifth dimension to, to make that happen. Yeah, but if, if the fourth dimension is time and you've, surpa you've surpa surpassed the fourth dimension, so that therefore means you've surpassed time. So l right now we live in the third dimension. So We're um, subject to time. Yeah, so we're yeah. subject to time. So yeah, we are manifesting it. We're like attracting it. But because we're subject to time, maybe it just takes a little bit longer because we, we still have to put that thought into the ether and then, the, um, and then throughout time we kind of bring it to us, or, or the, and the more aware that we are, the the quicker we can kind of manifest it. Well, you've got to you've got to condense the energy into matter because uh, matter is just energy, but condensed. Condense, so you've yeah. got to condense the energy into an actual a thing. And I mean, we should be really focusing more on our mental awareness, being aware of our thoughts, being aware of our emotions, and refining those things, and refining those refining ourselves, and being pure of mind. Because all these little things like manifestations are pretty much toys. Yeah. And if you could do that, but you weren't the most aware person, then yeah, we would have focused on, on basics, on basics first. And I've never really manifested anything physical like that or tangible in any of my workings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, from what I've been told that these, these things are, they do happen, they can happen, depending on the energy of the time and the place and the cycles that we go through. Yeah. Remember I told you about the 2000 year cycles of yeah. like light and dark? Yeah, yeah. Can you go over that real quick? Um, well, throughout history, there's 2000 year cycles, roughly 2000 year cycles. So yeah. you've got the light eras and the dark eras, which is pretty much the, the circadian rhythm, so to speak, because we have a 24-hour rhythm yeah. of wake, wake and sleep, where similar God's consciousness comes in and out to us. Yeah. It's not just God going to sleep, it's, also, it's just His energy being in different, different places of the universe at the same time. Everything yeah. is how the rhythm and flow. So you can map it out in, in our history saying, okay, the dark ages and the light ages, where were the dark ages in our history? Probably the dark ages on, on the earth, yeah. where there was very little spiritual connection. There was a lot of evil and violence and hatred and that sort of stuff, yeah. which is just a part of that consciousness being withdrawn from us temporarily and the light not being accessible to those and into our minds. And 
there are still good people on the earth at that time, but I mean the majority who are unaware and unawakened and you know living in sort of a trance state are subject to the energy of the time. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're tracking that through history, but when we are going through a golden cycle, and there are bigger cycles too, you've got two thousand year cycles, then you've got thirteen and a half year year cycles and twenty six thousand year cycles. Yeah. Which govern even bigger amounts of, of energy, and that's when things like Atlantis and folk uh, folklore tales and they they come into play. But yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I can't dig into that because I haven't really proven one way or the other. But I do believe yeah. personally that Atlantis was a real thing, yeah. which was before ten thousand years ago. Um, the Freemasons believe that um, Atlantis fell nine thousand six hundred uh, BC, yeah, uh, around uh, roughly then, which is roughly ten thousand years ago, which yeah. goes to the Bible. So the Bible could be talking about the beginning of a new civilization, not the beginning of the yeah. earth. Ah, you know? okay. Yeah, fair enough. That could be a theory. But yeah, I, I generally believe that we've got, to, we've got to all work on ourselves spiritually, particularly when it comes to the awareness. Um, lucid dreaming is one of the first steps. You focus on lucid dreaming. So when, you, when you're in a dream and things start going really wrong and you're just subject to dream, like you're getting, things, you're getting attacked or you're seeing a cat or you're pink elephant or you know you get the yeah, yeah, yeah. dream centers of nightmares. If you can become aware inside the dream, your consciousness is growing and becoming stronger where you can actually utilize that time in dream state to do things where you can astral project or you can have conversations or you can actually meet up with deceased family members in the dream world because they're not dead. They're just no longer living in the third dimension. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can utilize that time for great spiritual work and, have, and communicate your, with your guides and all that, all that kind of stuff. But if you can't even do that, I wouldn't even be bothering about manifestation because the most important thing is when you get over to the fifth dimension, you need to be ready to be able to handle the fifth dimension or at least be teachable in the fifth dimension. Okay. You know? yeah. So what Spirit is saying to us now is like, you guys are creating a fucking mess for us because we've got to clean up all these souls by the millions every single day that are coming over here with zero spiritual acumen, with complete indoctrinated minds on certain religions where they're unteachable and they're stuck in these secondary low vibrational realms and they're just going through negative thought patterns and they're going through PTSD. They're having sort of nightmares that they're creating themselves. There's people still fighting wars in those realms that have ended hundreds of years ago. Then how, how would they have flashbacks, you know? Yeah. How would how would they battle that? So is it kind of like you're you're gonna be stuck in that rut or they're gonna take you they're gonna bring you back down, take you through a whole experience of learning, relearn, re educate yourself. Yeah. And then and then when when you're ready, when you've learned the lessons that you need to learn, mm. they'll be like, All right, you're ready, you can come back up. That's true, but that no one really decides whether someone's ready or not. They decide by their vibration. Yeah. The law of vibration doesn't discern, it just, it just acts. So if your vibration, you're raising your vibration using love and service and, and your awareness and you're coming up higher, you're pulled to the next dimension higher yeah. and higher and higher. People can come down and help you, but there are certain levels that are so deep and dark inside the underworld that you don't, you don't actually want to go there because you're actually attacked by thought forms. You know, thoughts are things. Yeah. So imagine the thoughts and the emotions and the energies that are running through those, those fears. You're going down there. They can penetrate you. You can think, you can feel them. Like if you're an empath, you feel someone else's emotions. Yeah. Imagine not having a physical body, having an ethereal body and being in the underworld, you're gonna experience those thoughts and those emotions and become under psychic attack in those realms. So you need to go, go there in like bigger teams of, of high spiritual people who can put light around you and make sure you're safe. But even if you get down there, you may not be able to snap somebody out of their, of their dream state, yeah. of their repetitive cycle or, or their negative thought patterns. But every now and then you can get a, glim a glimmer where they may have thoughts or whatever else and they may think of their mom or think of their sister or think of someone that they loved and for a brief moment, there's a little bit of light there, a little yeah, bit of love yeah, there, where yeah. they're, oh shit, wow. And in, that, in those moments, you can actually get to them and speak to them. Sometimes you hear them cry out, but it, yeah, <laughs> it's a tough one. But there are loopholes as well. And one of the loopholes is um, 
planet Earth yeah. being um, free will. There's a lot of free will given to the planet Earth. You yeah. know? So people, a lot of times the karma can actually come later where, you know, we've all heard good things happen to... Those who are... Well, good the, things happen to good people, bad things uh, happen to okay, good okay. people, <laughs> and also good things happen to bad people yeah. on the planet because there's obviously a lot of mercy given to us here. So when people die um, on the Earth, right, and they're meant to go into the light or move on to the next realm, they can have so much guilt associated with what they've done and how they lived on the Earth, they can block themselves from going over to the on their journey and they don't know I'm going to stay on the earth because everyone has that inner knowing of okay I've actually done a lot of wrong in my life yeah. and they know that they get a re recompense for that somehow yeah, so they choose to stay on the earth and just sort of put their head in the sand like no I'm not going to do it and that's where little things like you know ghosts or hauntings or sleep paralysis and negative yeah. experience that, that, that sort of stuff comes from which is quite prominent on the earth yeah 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 <laughs> so is, can you can you help guide these people into the next realm I guess or you can or do they, it is their choice, it is their free it, will. It is, it is their choice, but a lot of the times these people are actually um, been void, void of love and been void of education yeah. their whole lives and they're actually lost souls. And a lot of the times all they know is how to induce fear on people and how to manipulate people and how to be mischievous, but they've never really experienced anything else than that, you know? But would they, how would they get a chance for them to, um, I guess, fix themselves? Or how would they, what, what would be the process for them to heal? Uh, well, look, if they if they got the opportunity to, or if, if they're stuck, would, they're stuck. It would there. come down to like their own awareness to be able to wake up from that, or people doing as Jesus would and loving their enemies and having compassion for them. So if someone does an evil act towards you, even in the spiritual realms, that you have compassion for them and you might pray for them or, or help them in that time. But it depends who you're dealing with too. I wouldn't recommend going out trying to find ghosts and help them because like you don't know what the hell you're looking for or how powerful they are or what their intent is. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a pretty like intense topic, but I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, well, it, but, it is, man. Yeah. It is. But how do we? How, okay, let's just go simple. How do we know ghosts exist? How can we? How can we possibly say that mm. ghosts exist if we've never experienced one? Like so some people will yeah. be watching, they would never experience one. Well, it comes back down to what we're saying before that. That truth is, everyone gets to decide what their own truth is. If you would have said like, I oh, look, people people may have had experiences or heard stories or family members, and I know people that grew up in Africa that have seen witch doctors and have seen hauntings and have seen possessions and have seen crazy things and for them, like, I believe in it. I've yeah. seen it. You know, but people who grow up here and their parents are sort of, I don't know, Christian, Catholic and they're like, well, no, I don't believe in that. It's only demons, you know? <laughs> then they might have that condition in their mind and they get to decide what their truth is. But when you have an experience that's undeniable, you can, of course, you can be like, okay, I believe in ghosts and then some people would be look at you and be like, well, maybe you've got a disorder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. you're schizophrenic or bipolar or any of these things. But until they experience it themselves and come to that understanding, then Everyone gets to decide for themselves. But the scary thing is, what if you, just, if you don't know how your thoughts create your own reality? So you don't want to be focusing on ghosts or focusing on too much negativity because you're attracting that, that very thing yeah. to experience. So you've got to sort of balance it out because balance the, the light out with the dark, you know, and make sure that you're looking into positive works and positive spirituality and Christian, whatever, whatever religion that you are, looking for the, the good in all of that and aligning yourself with that. And then when the darkness does arise or through certain experiences, you can know that they exist and you know what to do, but it is balancing it out. Because if you go too far into one way, um, you, can, you can obviously induce your own nightmares and you can attract things into your life that you don't really want, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 fair. Because I guess the, the reason I ask that is like, um, if you've never experienced something or if you've never experienced a ghost or anything like that, you, mm. you're, it's a lot harder for you to, to believe in it. Yeah. But then that also goes down to like predictive programming. I know like 
Some people think that when they watch movies or they watch things like um, Paranormal Activity, it's just a movie. However, no. that's that story or that narrative came from somewhere. Mm. And, then when the, and then when they say that, oh yeah, it's a true story, you're a lot less likely to believe it. However, these things have happened. You can go to America like different houses or haunted houses and stuff and you will experience something. You might not be in tune enough spiritually mm. for you to pick it up, but you just feel like a disturbance. Yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have that sixth sense. We have many senses, but the thing is, you mentioned horror movies. Yeah. I think horror movies are the, are the worst thing you can do to your mind. I put it up there with um, hardcore theology studies that indoctrinate you. But with the horror movies, if, if, you, experience, if you experience anything spiritual, whether it's good or bad, probably yeah. even good, you would associate it with being negative. You know what I mean? Because if you're, if you're, if you really are a hardcore um, Christian, I found friends who are really hardcore Christian, and watching horror movies at the same time, you're really going to mess yourself up because you think and you believe anything spiritual is demons. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Christians say, "There's a devil has a plan for you. He knows your thoughts. He can, you know what I mean? If you take that in, and you watch horror movies too, and then you have a bit of anxiety in your house at night, you know, you're scared of the dark, or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You find yourself running to your car like after work. You're, you're inducing fear on yourself, like your TikTok video. Yeah. You're, you're, you're injecting fear into your, into your system. And what does that do? It induces more fear, fearful emotions, fearful thoughts, paranoia, all these things. Like if you mix that with drugs and, and a certain crowd of people, you can really like bring on some really hardcore negative experiences on yourself. No, not, just, yeah. not just spiritually, physically as well. Like fear entices cortisol to like come out of your system, kind of come out, kind of come out of your um, adrenal system, and cortisol just kind of deteriorates your body. Like you, you became, you become sick. Um, so much stuff happens to you purely on the basis that you're living in a state of fear. Living mm. in a state of fear is is one of those things where you will not like you when you're living in a state of fear. It's kind of fight or flight mm. all the time. You you don't have the time to stop and think. It's like wait wait a minute, like yeah. this doesn't make sense. So when you're having, living in a state of fight or flight all the time, you know, you, one, you're not giving energy to the creative side of you, you're not giving um, energy to, um, you will not have time to think about these, these deeper mm. things because yeah. you're always gonna be living in a state of fear. And you're, you're, gonna, you're much more likely to get sick because you're, you're telling your body all the time, every single day, mm. that I'm in a state of fear and I'm in a state of stress. That's true. And you, you'll also fear true spiritual experiences and true spirituality and you may shy away from it or run away from it because there's just too much fear in your system. If you've got fear in your system and you're going to meditate or get into the spiritual journey, it's going to destroy you. Yeah. You need to remove that fear like slowly. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you can't truly embrace the spiritual lifestyle. Yeah. Because imagine like trying to meditate and you have all this fear. It's going to it's going to be in your mind when you're meditating you're taking you're turning off the five senses and going within yeah and whatever's within you like your thoughts and emotions and traumas all that sort of stuff you're going to recognize a little bit more of yeah you know which is not always a good thing but it needs to be done it needs to be faced it needs to be overcome so yeah no horror movies <laughs> Alrighty, guys that was our talk on spirituality yep Anything that you are, uh, any questions, any feedback, leave a comment, like, subscribe, share. And all that fancy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. Um, we'll see you in the next one.